the hand as she comes. You know she's got a good word on her heart. Think I'm set up? Yeah. We good, guy? Am I good? Yeah. Great. All right. Well, in relation to the scripture teaching, my mum and my sister are both teachers. I didn't think I would like teaching at all. I thought I would. Um, I, th- I, I wanted how I'd cope with all the kids that sat there and didn't listen, or that were a little bit naughty. I thought, how am I going to control those children? <laughs> so I sort of, you know, worried about the aspects of teaching. And I tell you what, it's the highlight of my, of my week. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I feel that. I learn more than they do, you know, between teaching at kids' church, teaching at scripture and Bible study and what we learn here, I, honestly, I just feel like it, it's amazing. I'm, I feel like I'm immersed in God's word so much of the week and, um, and it's, yeah, I'm learning as much or more than they are, so yes. All right, well, church, you know, I, I love when I get to come up here, I love the fact that by the time I actually get here to this place, I've actually gone through weeks and often months of a particular topic. So I basically ask God to choose a topic for me weeks and weeks ahead because I like to just study it and meditate on it and, you know, really just get into a particular topic. And I don't know about how God speaks to you, but I feel like over the years I've become really discerning of um, things that God wants to change in me. Um, And I guess that's, as Christians, it's part of the sanctification process, isn't it? You know, we we love God and we want to mirror his ways, we want to change. So um, he nudges us, he nudges us in different areas of our life. And so by the time I get up here, God's been nudging me down here about a particular topic. And so I've lived and breathed that for the last weeks and months so that by the time I get up here and get to actually speak to you and share, it's out of a place of reflection and, and hopefully wisdom because God really talks to me a lot during this time and I really feel that I learn a lot. Um, So how about we pray and then I'll get in and tell you about my topic. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, we we just thank you so much that you love us so abundantly, Lord God, and you're calling us into relationship with you. And as we sit with you and as we seek your face, Lord God, that you, you want to change our hearts so that we mirror your ways. Lord God, I pray this morning that you help us to really sink deep into our hearts and just search them and we pray Lord God that you purify them that you bring anything out Lord God that is not of you you'll purify our hearts that you will let us speak words of truth over ourselves and over others and we pray these things in Jesus name so do you guys want to be changed by Jesus I guess the fact that you're here you do but what we need to do is we need to think and listen up here but we need to change what's deep within here So the title of my message this morning is Looking Deeper Into the Motives of Our Hearts. For a little while now, I've been getting convicted in the way I speak and use my words over myself, over my children, mainly over those things. Sometimes it's our husbands, sometimes it's um, others, our peers. But for me at the moment in particular, it's about the way in which I use words over my children. Now I know that in my knowledge and... and, um, I suppose just, you know, your, the words that come in, you know that negative words are destructive and that they're not good for you. The Holy Spirit's been really drawing to my attention specific things, specific language or specific um, ways in which I speak over my children. So let me give you an example. And you can either relate to it and say, whew, 
I'm glad that I'm not the only one, or you can just say, whoa, I'm not that bad. <laughs> so this is in relation to the children, okay? For the 10th time, would you please just go and do what I've asked you to do, okay? Why are you being so selfish, or do you have to be that lazy? All right, okay? Is anyone with me? I hope, I hope I'm not the only sinner in the room. <laughs> okay, now this one is in relation to worry. Okay, this is pretty bad as well. I'm not proud of these things. Hey, babe, you know um, that cold that Zach's got? I'm pretty sure, did you see the other day when so-and-so was over? He was just coughing all over Zach and, oh, man, I just don't have time to be sick. Like, oh. Okay, have any of us felt like that or are going to admit that they say things like that? So where do these wor words and where do these thoughts come from? <clears throat> what was it that was stored in my heart about a common cold? Was it stress? Was it fear? Was it worry? Was it doubt? Was it judgment of another? Frustration? You know, it isn't my intention to be mean to my children or judgmental of another child. In fact, I've thought a heap of times, how can I love my children so much to the point where it hurts me, but yet I can build up so much frustration and things that come out of here that I just think that is so ugly. Now Jesus says in Luke um, 6 and 45 in the NIV, he says, a good man brings good things out of the good that's stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings up evil thoughts out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, I'm not suggesting that if we say bad words that we're evil people, but what I'm saying is that it, the stuff that comes in, it gets stored down here, and it's out of that that we speak out of, okay? So our words mirror what's in our hearts. So if we want to change the words that we speak, we've got to change what's in here, okay? And that's, I'm going to show you how you do that. Okay, so we have... In the world of psychology or science, I guess, you ha we have a, a conscious and subconscious mind, okay? Now, the conscious mind, that is what controls everything for the moment, okay? So, if we had Smarties on a plate, okay, and the movement of your hand, so your brain telling your hand what to do, and you're, you're physically using your finger to count the Smarties, okay, that's your conscious mind, okay? Now, your subconscious, that controls your breathing and your heartbeat, uh, things that allow your conscious mind to do what it's doing. But it also, the subconscious mind, is a huge area because it stores up all your learnt thoughts and actions. Okay? So if thoughts come in that are negative, if they're not challenged, scripture about renewing of your mind, if they're not challenged and we don't actually stop those things from staying in, they drop down into our subconscious so that everything we speak out of comes out of that you. I was not a natural driver, yeah? So it took me ages to like, I was, because I was so conscious of how much weight I was putting through my foot to get the pedal to go right. Oh my word, it took me ages and Swelly taught me to drive, so that was a test of our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, the road's five miles down there and I, oh right, I've got to use my indicator soon, so I'm going to think about putting that. Been learnt, we've driven for years, so, um, so it's part of, it just comes out of our subconscious. We don't, okay? So, when, we, when our brains, actually, when we're, when we're talking and, and speaking, is actually interacting with the subconscious part of our mind. So if we've got things stored up in our subconscious mind, consciously doing something without really us being able to have a lot of control over it, okay? Um, so if we don't line those thoughts up with what God thinks and we don't renew our mind, 
Okay, so our short-term memory, yeah, it lasts about 15 to 30 seconds. So if we do, oh, why are you doing that? Or why are you, you know, if I think about that and that frustrates me, so the next time they do that action, it's not what's, it's not out of here that I'm speaking, it's out of you're stupid. If we don't say, well, who says I am? Got that thought, it may be stored down in here. So that sometime, sometime later, when someone else brings you bring it up again and you start dwelling and thinking on that thought and out of here, it comes out of here. And so our subconscious mind is basically like a servant to our conscious mind. It's just working hard every day out of what's stored up in here. So if we plant good things into it, we get flowers. And if we plant self-control, I can control my behavior. But as your conscious mind begins to carry out an act like you do when you're driving, it automatically responds to a situation based what you've stored in it kind at them and not yell at them and teach them self-control and kindness and all things like that. If I've stored up, why do they do that all the time? Why won't they just go tidy their room or do what I've asked? It's in a moment of weakness or a moment of frustration and I've seen it happen again. Things again. So do we get that? Do we get that? I know that this is very child-focused because this can be your relationship this with your husband or wife, your spouse. It can be peers, it can be trying to control our words, we have to go deeper into our subconscious, it's a heart level, what we've stored up. So if we're thinking about things, in Philippians 4 and 8 it says, right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if any, look at that scripture, and we all know that scripture, it's quite a popular scripture, but you can think, oh, if you think lovely thoughts, you'll have a lovely, just if you think lovely things, lovely things will happen, it's actually really, it's really important, if we don't fill up mind with those things, the devil's going to fill it with other things. We have to be dwelling. We have to shut out the bad and put in the good, or it's going to go deeper. Um, yeah. How are we going to do that if our, if our subconscious mind is dealing with all these things that we've already set in our hearts? Now, I know that that doesn't mean literally. Like, we don't literally study our Bible through the day and through the night. It's important. Meditate on it regularly enough so that when you're speaking and when you're doing things, you're operating out of it, truth, so that our words are just an outward expression of what's stored in there. So we have to ask on God's ways. You just begin at a conscious level to be more intentional about what you say and how you Lord, you know, and we are all teachers. Whether we are trained professionally as teachers or whether we're not that come in, we are teachers to our peers that don't know God. We are teachers to our children, and there's no observe our ways, okay? So we are teachers to them all of the time. So do they in their response, or do, I, do, do you just spout out words of frustration to them? Lips, and I said to her, darling, um, go and get some pawpaw cream from the room, put it on your lips. She goes out and gets the pawpaw cream, and we had cleaning done that day, so it was lovely and beautiful in that night to go to bed to brush my teeth. Of course, the pawpaw cream was there, the lid open, all getting thick, <laughs> you know. Do we look at that and go, oh, that's so typical, so typical of a kid. They're so do, we, do we think like that and then that starts, then that's that another one of those things that gets stored? Hey, darling, you know that pawpaw cream that, that you put on last night? Well, darling, you know that mummy to put that away? And I know that you're such a good girl. I know you want to be a good girl. And I know next time, would you mind just putting that away from me? Okay? Now, we all know it happens. But the point is, is that if we actually get into the habit and form a habit of doing those things in our subconscious opposed to the negative things, but actually for our daughters and actually for our sons, we're actually saying to them, you're loved, you're approved of, I believe in you, you know, we have, I've said you can do it. I know that 
Because your continued response then is love and approval as opposed to, you're lazy, what are your thoughts? The devil will be only too happy to fill it with his thoughts, okay? The devil can plant, can only subconscious level. So your brain can only store so much in its short, you know, so a man thinks and so he is. So your short-term memory, you can basically store at about 15 to 30 seconds, okay? So if a thought comes in, you either challenge it and, okay? So we can't just learn to speak new words. You know, it's, it's a, because we speak thousands of words a day. Some are planned, some are impulsive. But I think it's the impulsive ones we can do. We can, we can do all these things, get ourselves in trouble. But then we stand and we declare and we confess all these words. Pointed and I'm not taking away from that. But sometimes with all these words, we can still be complete. In doing that, we're just trying to basically tidy up the mess that we've made from it. It doesn't say in the Bible your works will set you free. It says truth will set you free. So instead of trying in our minds, instead of devil conscious, and instead of trying to, you know, declaring conscious than devil conscious. And I know I've fallen into that trap many a times. For our identity in him, thank you that I'm a daughter of the high king. Thank you that you love me so abundantly that you That's a better solution. Become God conscious. Understand the relationship between our words and our heart. Do you know we can spend all day doing God things, but not actually spend time with God? So do we know God? Do we, do we really know who we are? Do we get real in our day in every part? How many times have we sang worship songs and stood there speaking about we turn our, our hearts towards him and seek his face? You know, God is the potter. I'm thankful that you love me anyway, that you take me on a journey, that you mold me and shape me, Lord, into what you want me to be. He cares about why we do things and not what we say or what we do. Seven says people judge others by their outward appearance, but God judges others by God doesn't care about us being a supermodel. But are we people in ministry or in church life that we can do good deeds for others? You know, we could look at someone else doing something in the church and say, Wow, that is so awesome what you're doing. That's amazing. What a beautiful soul you have. But do you know that when I first started coming up here to speak? I don't know how long ago, maybe a year ago, maybe a bit. I was going to vomit. I needed to, I, I kept close to the toilet. I wouldn't eat anything for breakfast. And I'm still nervous. Nervous was simply, I'm here just to honor you, God, out of such a place of communion with God. I think you guys, I wouldn't be shaking in my boots with nerves, would I? I wouldn't be concerned about what you're worrying about, you know, whether how I compare to John, who spoke brilliantly last week, feeling those things. So we need to do a heart out where we're at with things. Here are some questions to help us evaluate motives for men, a way of giving or serving. Would I still do it? If there was no visible payoff for doing this, would I? Am I doing all this for the praise of others or how it makes me feel? If I had to suffer, if the people I serve don't show any gratitude or repay me in some way, would I be into what God's asked me to do or how I compare myself with others? The only way control of the Holy Spirit it's important to change and repentance. We have to recognize first that there is, like, we do things to impress others or feel good about ourselves, or do we do it simply to please God and bless others? Easy trap to fall into. You know, we can sometimes really convince ourselves really that they're selfish motives. In Matthew 6 and 1, if you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? But it really digs deep to reveal our heart motives and to see what we do. How we 
You know, God is not fooled by our selfishness. He is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. Living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And in Jeremiah 17 and 9, it says, the heart is more deceitful than... So do we understand that with, even with all the good intentions in the world to change, we can't do it. The heart becomes diseased and dies. A spiritual heart also becomes diseased and dies. We need God. Sinful people are deceptive. So if you want to test your heart, you record or think about, you don't actually have to literally record it, it probably be really hard, but you speak to your partner or your wife or whatever, and then you speak to your children, you go think about everything you've said and done that day, think about the tone of voice you've used, the words you've spoken, imagine, okay, or imagine that you would sit and listen back to them yourself. You know, I see it. In Proverbs 16 and 2, the Lord now, I saw, um, we were in Sydney a little while ago, and we stayed so earnest, and they love God, and they do daily devotionals. They're very, um, their wife spoke to her husband. It was so bad, we couldn't believe it. And um, it says a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the heart. Somehow, somewhere, that came out in her words and in her tone of voice that she didn't even realize, because she's a beautiful person. Keep checking, keep checking your motives. You know, the Pharisees were, were classic, you know, they kept all the law corrupt, they were so, so righteous and they were so proud and critical of them. <clears throat> it says in Matthew 5 and 8, bless sometimes why we don't sense God in our lives, why we don't feel that we hear from I encourage you to clean out your heart, look at your motives, and I believe that then you will see God. The disciples during different times, were quite confused also about who Jesus was. But the difference to the Pharisees was so clear. So it's a journey. It's not a quick change. The disciples, they often had with them, and they still had doubt and unbelief. They were tax collectors, fishermen. They had failed. When um, they recognized him, you know, the night before the crucifixion, when, they, and, um, when he denied them. And, you know, Peter's completely surrendered and desired a cleansing of his heart. He wanted Jesus forgave him immediately because he examined the state of his heart. He didn't do all this stuff with you. He saw the motive of his heart and he instantly forgave him. So God evaluates the condition of our hearts in all that we do. It's without regret or under compulsion. So if you reluctantly give, you've blocked prayers. In James 4 and 3, it says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, motivation. Well, in First Thessalonians 2 and 4, it says, our purpose is to please God. Do I need a five-minute check? How am I going? Um, so as you apply yourself to God, turn to him, depend on him, and you will become so much more conscious of what's going on in your heart. God wants me to change because I believe that he sees in my heart that I want to change. You know, I, you know we could feel condemned about when we get nudged like that and when we feel convicted of things, we could the light. But all we could just be thankful that God just loves us so much, he wants to sort out all that. It's, it's back to relationship. You know, if I went to Swelly every day with a wish list, relationship's one-sided. You know, it's how he can meet my needs. And I think, would you heal my body? Would you heal my loved ones? Where do I go, Lord? I don't know what direction to help. You know, we can sometimes do those things. And even though we love, it's got to be a two-way thing. It's got to be 
um, you've got to be able to communicate. You've got to, we've got to, he loved us first and we've got to, we've got to take that step. It was about bringing glory to God and saving souls. It's to God simply to give glory to him and be thankful, or is it always with a need? So why do I keep his commandments? Why do I speak out of a good heart and a clear conscience? Because I love him, heart, which is turned to God. It's a process. You know, the change doesn't happen. Up. You know, there's a beautiful story in the Bible about um, a woman called Mary who paused, didn't understand why she did that. That perfume was worth about a year's worth of wages. And people, this physical act of like exuberance, but she just, she loved Jesus and she had, her subconscious mind came up and overflowed and her conscious mind. So I have a challenge for you all. I'm getting to the end. I have a challenge for you all. But why you did all that you did that day. Check each motive. Why did I do that? Why did I say this? Are we concerned about our image or our character? Do we desire if we're broken and in need or do we simply just want to honor God? You know, it's hard because in the speak truth into your subconscious, let it sink deep in your heart and let God's Holy Spirit work in you. To Then you act at a conscious level, out of a subconscious level, in God-conscious heart motive that will honestly change your life and all of those around you. Well done.